the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know, you are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Good morning and let's pray together. Avinu Malkinu, our Father and our King, we thank you and praise you for this day that you have made. We're rejoicing in it. We thank you, Lord, that we can abide with you, that we can have a relationship with you. And we thank you, Lord, for your word, which instructs us and acts as a mirror so that we can see those things, really who we are and and what we need to do to become more like you, Lord. And so, Father, we thank you for all the things that you've given us. And we pray that today, like every day, we would be able to represent you well, that we would truly be uh, a light to everybody that we meet and speak to. So we bless you, we thank you, and praise you, give you all the glory. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, last week we looked at the book of Devarim, which means words. You might know that book as Deuteronomy. Uh, We will continue with that look, but first let me remind you You can still receive our Shabbat Haggadah, or, you know, Haggadah is like a booklet. Um, Begin a weekly tradition in your home, you know, based on God's Word, and it will hold your family together, draw your neighbors and friends to God, and keep your children focused on the Lord, too. You know, this is the blessing of Shabbat. Have a Shabbat meal. Use these Haggadahs, uh, or if the actual term is Haggadot, uh, that's the plural of Haggadah. And uh, so if you would just send us $5 or more, if you'd like to receive one of these, if you want five or more, which is what I'm recommending for family, friends, co-workers, people to come visit and have a meal with you, send a gift equaling $3 or more for each Haggadah that you're requesting. Now, you can do this the easiest way by calling Karen at 
888-528-5673. She's there from 10 to 5, but you can always leave a message on her phone. She'll get back to you. You can also email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Again, Karen's phone number is 813-831-5673. Also, Paul Wilbur is coming to Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Get your calendars out and mark which worship concert you are coming to. It's next week. Yep. Paul Wilbur goes all over the world, leading people to the Lord through his worship. We don't get to see him in person that often. So make sure you come to one of these three services. Friday evening, August the 11th, in our St. Pete congregation at 7. Saturday morning, August 12th, in our Tampa Bay congregation, South Tampa, uh, 11 a.m. And Saturday evening, August 12th, in our South Bay congregation, that's near Riverview and Apollo Beach, that will begin at 6 p.m. Again, you call Karen. She'll give you all the information, address, etc. cetera. Uh, call her at 813-831-5673. Certainly, you can check out the website of Sharesh David. It's spelled S-H-O-R-E-S-H and then david.org. Okay? Now, last week I mentioned that a parasha is a weekly scripture reading from the Torah. The Torah referring, obviously, to the first five books of the Bible. And the parasha also includes what is called the Haftorah portion, which is the complementary reading each week from the Nevi'im. Nevi'im means prophets. So Deuteronomy comes from its Greek name in the Septuagint, meaning a second law. And basically, Moses is recapping to the Israelites before going into the promised land. So it's like a history lesson with a little bit of interpretation. And uh, so the parasha this week is from Deuteronomy 3.23 to 7.11. The Haftorah reading is Isaiah 49.14 to 51.23. So remember, this is Moses recounting the history. And the passage begins with his plea to God about going into the promised land. We're in Deuteronomy, and God said to Moses, no, basically, you can't go over there. Um, Chapter 4 is all about listening and obeying God. And in chapter 5, we get the Ten Commandments, which we've talked about extensively on previous programs. So there are two passages I'd like to talk about today specifically. First, let's read Deuteronomy 5, verses 20 to 24. Okay, you can get out your Bibles and read with me, though I'm reading in the TLV, or the Tree of Life translation. As soon as you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. Then you said, Adonai, our God, has just shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. This day we have seen that God speaks with man, and yet he keeps on living. Now then, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of Adonai, our God, any more, then we will die. For who is there of all flesh? 
who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived. You go near and hear all that Adonai, our God, says. Then you tell us what Adonai, our God, tells you, and we will hear it and do it. Oh, my, how crazy is this? They acknowledge the fact that God has spoken to them. They acknowledge the fact that God showed him his glory and his greatness, and they believe that God, um, probably through superstition or whatever, they believe God is going to cause them to die because, I guess, they're so scared. Uh, What a a crazy way of looking at this. But I guess uh, from the time and period and the culture, um, this is how they thought. Well, first, let's debunk one common idea that is in uh, today's Jewish people and actually non-Jewish people as well. How many times have you heard somebody say, I don't need somebody to represent me before God. I go directly to him. Well, in this passage, the people were scared to go directly to God. And they asked Moses to speak to God and then tell him what God said. And then they would do it. From this point on, this was actually the format used by the Israelites. Moses was the intermediary and later it became the high priest who went before God and literally had ato- did atonement for sins of the people. It wasn't a direct thing. It was the high priest. And so we see this as continuing until we received our final mediator between us and God, and that is Yeshua our Messiah. So absolutely, we not only have, but need a mediator to be able to come to God. Well, we see in this passage that fear is an amazingly great motivator. Uh, Fear can be a good thing and motivate you in a good way. However, usually it stops you from your calling and your purpose. And so obviously it becomes a bad thing. Last week, when we were looking at the 12 spies, fear was a bad thing. It was the fear of man, and it stopped Israel from God's best. It delayed Israel from their calling and their purpose. Now, this week, it's the fear of God. And even though you would think that that's good, it turns out that this fear was based on uh, respect and it was not, I'm sorry, was not based on respect and understanding of God's awesomeness. Rather, the people were scared of God in a kind of superstitious way. So we know that God tells us that there is a good fear of God. But this was not that. Uh, and, and again, the people had an opportunity to draw closer to God and they didn't take it because of fear. But let's look at some scriptures about fear in God's Word. It says in Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then it says in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. 
So we see here that we gain knowledge when we fear God, and part of that knowledge is to hate evil. We also hear from Ecclesiastes 12.13, Fear God and keep his mitzvot, or his commandments, for this applies to all mankind. The uh, ESV translation says this is the whole duty of man. Either way, we see here that following God's commandments is an example of how we can fear God in an effective way. Psalm 33.8 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. So here we get the definition of fear uh, after using the word. It says, where we stand in awe of him. In Proverbs 14.27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. In other words, if we fear the Lord in this kind of awesome way, you know, where we, we are awed by him, it is going to bring us life. It's going to bring us nourishment and refreshment. Proverbs 14.26, it says, The fear of the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. Now, interesting enough, how do you have strong confidence when you fear? Because this isn't that kind of fear. This is a respect. It's an awesome, understanding the awesomeness of the Lord. And when you understand that, you actually have confidence because you are in him. Pretty amazing, huh? Deuteronomy ten twelve, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Again, we see now that in this case, fear is to walk in his way, to basically obey him, right? To serve him, to love him, right? But it, with your heart, with everything you have in you. Psalm twenty-five, fourteen says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he makes known to them his covenant. So we see here that it's in fearing him that we become closer to the Lord. Because it's not a fear of being scared. It's a fear of respect. And we draw closer because we fear him. Because we are just in in awe of who he is. In Psalm 111 Verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So we see that fear is to be practiced, and fear meaning an awesome respect, because that's why it says at the end of the verse, His praise endures forever. We praise Him because of who He is. God wants us to have a healthy respect for Him. We're to understand the difference between God and man. He rules. We don't, right? He is sovereign. We're not. He's in control. We're definitely not. (laughs) Yet, he wants us to understand that he's looking for a personal relationship with us in order to show us love 
walk in his ways with our heart and soul and serve his ministry of reaching people here on earth. Now, the second point I want to make comes from, again, this parasha, Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 15. And let's read this. Now, when Adonai, your God, brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and good cities that you did not build, and houses of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns dug that you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and you eat and are full. Then watch yourself so that you do not forget Adonai, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, from the house of slavery. You must fear Adonai your God and serve him and swear by his name. You must not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples around you, for Adonai your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of Adonai your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. Wow. Okay, let's take a look at this. God says to them that they didn't do these things. It doesn't mean that they didn't work. It just means that he's responsible for all the things that they did do. And if they focus on what they did, they'll become proud and they'll do exactly what he warns about in verse 12, where he says, Do not forget me, the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and from the house of slavery. Well, God is clear. Everything that we have, we have from him. Regardless of how hard you work, everything is from him. Then he says, in effect, don't forget where you came from. You were in Egypt. You were a slave. I brought you out. Without me, you'd still be in Egypt. You'd still be a slave. He then says, fear me, serve me, swear by my name. And, and you must not go after other gods. Our God is a jealous God. Now, if we fear the Lord, we put him first because we understand his enormity. We understand his ability. We understand his power. We understand his love. We understand what he's done for us. And we understand what he expects from us. So we have to know also that God is a jealous God. If we put other things, other gods, so to speak, before him, he will not be happy with us. Now you say, well, what things would we put before him? Well, we might put working and business before us, before him. That would become an idol. How many of you make your work an idol before God, or money your idol before God, or sports your idol before God. You know what? Even religion, the actual organization, can be an idol before God because we are into doing good things as a religion, and we are losing the fact that God wants to be put first. We actually put religion over God, and that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. God is saying to us, do not make anything more important than him. 
How many of you have something more important than God in your life? You'll know this by how much time you spend. You'll know this about what your focus is. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have these other things. But if God is most important, it looks like something. Now, I think people in my congregation are probably getting upset with me as many times as I say, it's got to look like something. (laughs) You can't just say it. It's got to look like something. What does this mean? Well, when something looks like something, it means that other people can see it. (laughs) That's what it means. Humility looks like something. Selflessness looks like something. Kindness looks like something. Refined speech looks and sounds like something. Integrity looks like something. Love looks like something. They all have attributes, characteristics, so people can see the love that you have for God by all these other characteristics like the fruits of the Spirit that you exhibit. If people don't recognize these things in you, it's probably because they are not there in abundance. Now, I know that's hard for you to handle, but it's true. And don't blame it on the people who are looking. Look at yourself. Look, the Israelites didn't forget God. They just didn't have him as number one in their lives. They didn't do what God asked them to do. Other things got in the way. There is a progression in our emotional makeup which keeps us in peace with joy. It begins with God first in our lives. And then we are, because he's first, we obey and serve him his way, not our way. Which ways, you ask? Well, God's pretty specific. Love God, and that looks like something. Love your neighbor, that looks like something. In our Bible study, we've been looking um, at Matthew 5 and seeking, uh, seeing that humility is necessary to carry out all of Yeshua's teachings in Matthew 5 and, and probably Matthew 6 as well. It's so hard to look at ourselves and see if we have the attributes of love. It is hard to see if we are truly humble. Honestly, we want to see ourselves with good attributes, so we see ourselves that way, whether it is true or not. Here's a quote from a book that I've been spending much time with lately called Face to Face. In its intro, it says, Another way of summarizing our calling and purpose as followers of Yeshua is to love God completely, love self correctly, and to love others compassionately. Got that? Love God completely, love self correctly, and to love others compassionately. Actually, I am out of time. Sorry about that. We... (laughs) I just want to remind you of a couple things. We'll continue Deuteronomy next week. Remember to get our Shabbat booklet. Uh, it's what it's a great way weekly to bring your family tradition together, and and this is a blessing of Shabbat. Also, um, you can call Karen at eight one three eight three one five six seven three. Either reach her during the week or leave a message. She'll get back to you. Call Karen. Don't forget. 
the Paul Wilbur concerts coming to Shuresh David this next weekend. Make sure you're coming. You will not regret it. Friday night, August the 11th, St. Pete Congregation, 7 p.m. Saturday, August 12th, Tampa Congregation, 11 a.m. And Saturday evening, August 12th, South Bay Congregation, 6 p.m. Again, call Karen, 813-831-5673. She'll give you the rest of the information. May the power of God's Word and His Spirit saturate you this day as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.